Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 30th episode of the HSBG podcast. 30, I'm actually pretty surprised we got to 30, but hey, we did it. I'm your host, Educated Collins. I'm here with your constant co-host, Shady Bunny. How you doing? I am doing very well, Collins. I'm happy to have Bofer on as well. Yes. Introducing our special guest, Bofer HS, dude. It's nice to have you here. Always great to have experienced, super strong, super good. Every like, every time I watch, you know, I'm a little impressed. So it's always good to have those people on the channel and just like talk about strategies, concepts, topics, maybe patches and things like that. So how you been? How you doing? Uh, how is today? Oh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Bofer. For those of you that don't know me, I stream daily on Twitch. Play, you know, high MMR in it, BGs on NA. Nothing crazy here. Really just like to play the game, learn live on stream, interact with chat, do the normal thing. And uh, yeah, pushing multiple accounts in the top 50 right now and going for multiple accounts, two accounts in the top 25, in the top 10. We do our normal thing every day. It's the same thing, learning Battlegrounds by playing Battlegrounds on stream. Yeah, there's always like, there's a number of people Whenever like I'm doing a curator match and I see their name, I'm like, ah, oh, gotta sit up. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be one of them. So it's always nice, you know. But glad to have you on. Any any thoughts like uh, about Hearthstone or you know, did you come from any other? Did you play Arena? Did you play Construct? I love uh, like me and Shady, right? We played Arena before we moved to Battlegrounds. Did you do anything like that, or were you just like Battlegrounds? This is my game. Let's go. Well, I mean, back in the early days, we're talking like closed beta to open beta of Hearthstone. I played a lot of Standard and Arena. You know, Arena back then being the f primary way to effectively play free-to-play and just generate as many card packs as you needed. Played thousands and thousands of Arena games back in the day and then stopped maybe two or three years into Hearthstone. Once I saw Battlegrounds being released, though, it drew me right back into the scene. It was like a three, four year hiatus from Hearthstone mm -hmm. and then came back. And now we're here again. Damn, dude. Battlegrounds bringing people back. So you can really, you know, they, yeah. they definitely made something special with Battlegrounds. And, uh, you know, being able to just pull people and get them together and create a big community about it. So love, love having you here. And moving on to the first topic. We always, always, for some reason, I think it's my fault talk about the battlegrounds weekly overview just kind of talk about how you did this week uh i believe the patch was last week so this has really been like the week of really learning the patch understanding the patch really figuring out do you like this patch or not and for me particularly i've been enjoying it you know i've actually been like playing you know actually grinding trying to learn playing off stream you know watching streams doing all the all the funky stuff so i've actually been Enjoying it quite a bit, so I've been having a lot of fun. How about you guys? You go first, though. Cool. I mean, I personally think this is one of the healthiest metas we've ever had. I mean, it's only a weekend. It's pretty hard to make that claim. It's a bold claim, right? <laughs> healthiest meta ever. But we do have a lot of viable tribes. The most oppressive tribe, in my mind, it's is Max. Max, and yep. Max <laughs> being the most oppressive isn't the end of the world because it does offer a lot of counterplay and it slows the game down. It's not like when, you know, Eudora was over massively overpowered and the game was shaped by somebody doing 30-plus to people on turn 7. So it gives you time to counterplay. Given it's all counterplay within the scope of, like, tempo versus tempo type of matchups, 
and what what I think we're seeing on NA a lot is very very high tempo lobbies that kind of inhibit you from playing l like those greed level to six type of lines. You know, occasionally you get high rolls and you can just go straight to six type of things, but the number of games we're spending sitting on four and whatnot is a you know that's a little bit of a problem. There are definitely some issues, but overall it's a pretty fun patch. And like you said, I've been playing off stream quite a bit too. And usually if you're playing in your free time, the same game that you're streaming all right. day. Right, it's good. That's a good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree. Shady. I've um I've been enjoying it for sure. Uh I, I do think there are some key issues and these are issues that we pointed out before the balance patch was going to happen and uh -huh. it's pretty much exactly what we thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Like gem splitter is just yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. Very, very strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when 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 I'm selling my flat disc to make room for the gem splitter, you know there's a problem, right? Like literally did that today. We're like, yep, out you go. <laughs> Piece of yep. trash. <laughs> uh, so that, that's one thing. The the one thing I would say so I'll, overall, I agree, very, very positive, very fun, and uh, lots of different directions. The one thing that I dislike is that you have this mackerel versus prester interaction where mackerel is very good and mix is very good and then prester takes a giant dump on it. And it's this thing where you feel compelled to play divine shields and you feel hopeless if someone has a prester. So my, my immediate thought is remove both mackerel and prester because I agree that mackerel is bullshit and that it feels really good to press their one if you're on the other end. Mm -hmm. But I think that like every other Divine Shield comp suffers so hard from Prester being in a game. So that after playing a lot on the new patch, that that's what I find my frustration with when I get relegated to a top two automatically because my opponent has a Prester and I'm playing a Divine Shield composition. For sure. Yeah, I would say that when you have a rock, paper, scissors type of scenario, which is yeah. usually what Battlegrounds kind of devolves into, you have the level of greed, level of tempo, a couple tribes that are really, you know, the rock, the paper, the scissors that counter each other. If you're still able to play mechs and get high average placements, even though there's a unit like Prester's in the game, and you're still incentivized to play it, you put yourself in those positions a lot where you're just going to end up with, I lose to this if they have it. And then you feel hopeless for the next like four combats as you're like, well, we're going to lose to this no matter what. And even if it's like it's pseudo balanced from like a competitive standpoint, it's not fun to do. And you want to look at battlegrounds from a standpoint of both being competitive and being fun, right? Like you can't ignore the fun portion. And if it just feels bad to get into those situations, then hopefully you get some changes there. I, I had this game earlier today, funny, earlier today. <laughs> I've never said that. <laughs> Where I fought a Shutterlock, I think it was turn six, right? He had, I'll give you the exact comp. He had like Mama Bear, uh, the Beast Token, Beast Token, Beast Token, uh, Amalgadon, Amalgadon, Eliza, you know? So it, it was like Amalgadon, Amalgadon, Eliza, Beast Token, Beast Token, Beast Token, a Mama Bear. Turn six, eight gold. Eight gold. This is his comp. And I'm just like, well, all right. So my plan now is to dodge him, let him kill people, fight the dead guy, and then fight the other guy and get top two. <laughs> you know, that's, that was what I did. 
<laughs> I was like, well, the game is over. It's turn six. <laughs> the game is over. I just need to dodge him for the rest of the match <laughs> until <laughs> until I'm top two. So it's like, damn, what do you do here? Like, the, there's, there's not really anything I did. And I was just watching everyone else die. I was like, oh, he took 32. I wonder who he fought. Oh, okay. Well, he took 23. I wonder who. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? How do you do this? And like, the chat was just like, I thought they nerfed it. I thought Blizzard fixed it. I'm like, no, I didn't fix it. It's just, it's just more high rolling. You can still do the same thing, but if you if you don't get it, you you lose, right? But if you don't get it, you're, it's it's like super nutty. So, like, mm -hmm. how, you know, they kind of need to deal with that. It's just sometimes Blizzard, you know, drops the ball on those kind of things where it's like, yeah, we try to fix it. Ah, oh, we messed up, but we we're not gonna touch it <laughs> until like the next month, you know. Even though we messed up, like, yeah, okay. It's a pretty deep wound that we put a band-aid on top of. You know, the we have the damage cap now and we have the it costs two gold to push the hero power button. If you still hit runner, runner, runner tokens on the first three turns, you weave that hero power in, no problem. You do the full level up to take six stars, redeem your second one because you float two gold anyway. You didn't fix the high roll. What you did do was make the high roll less often or happen less often, right? Because you can't just roll a couple times and find those tokens still. So either way, though, let's be honest, a hero that generates a board full of six stars in the middle of the game, and when I say turn six is the middle of the game, that is not healthy for this game. There are only two or three heroes that realistically make that happen, and one that makes that happen in like 20% of games it plays isn't good for the game. Yeah. It feels terrible to be on the other side, and when you're on that side, you get a laugh for like 30 <laughs> seconds, but then you get to deal with it seven times before you do it to somebody else again. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's what I did. I laughed, <laughs> and now, then I you cried. You said something there. I'd like to, to piggyback on, and that's that that feeling of hopelessness. That turn seven, turn six, you're like, damn, I can't win this lobby. I found myself saying that this meta more than any meta, and that I I started by saying today that like I think this is a very healthy meta, but the feeling of helplessness still pertains in this meta. It, it or persists. It is. Once you see somebody get ahead, you're playing 100% for tempo right now, and that usually means giving up first place. And that could be a hook toss that gets ahead, that could be a, a shutter walk, it could just be somebody that you see taunts up a mechroll early and there's no dragons in your lobby, and you're like, well, how do I compete with this from my position on, on Tavern 4? I don't really want to like you know level to 5 and get exactly one piece to be competitive with it, because I'm going to get 8th or 7th doing that more times than not. So now I have to play for like a second place line. It's like you're playing Daryl in those games over and over and over again <laughs> going, eh, I'll just take a tempo finish. And that, I mean, that's not a great feeling. Hard to, I don't want to be over, overly down on the meta, but that's hard like to that adjust, feeling though. of hopelessness is definitely prevalent right now. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Kind of hard to deal, but we're definitely probably going to go into that more as we have uh, a topic specifically targeted on the changes. But usually, um, we talk about one hero, one minion in particular. Usually, I just kind of roll a dice. That's not true. I don't roll a dice at all. But, you know, I pick something that I think is going to be interesting. And this week, I decided to go with Fungal Mancer Flurgal. I really chose this hero because uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, we've talked about this hero a lot, actually. This, <laughs> this hero pops up quite a bit because it, it's so interesting in that there's been times where it's like, oh, I, I hate this hero. And then... And there's other times where I was like, oh, this got this just got released. I, I want to play it. And then we're like, nah, we hate it again. And then uh, the patch came out. Uh, hero got buffed. And I was like, 
maybe it's playable. Shay was like, ah, maybe it's not. And then like the next week, Shay's like, ah, this this is the this is my jam now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, and I'm like, oh, I, do, I don't really like it. <laughs> when, when 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 they changed it, Swolfin wasn't in, and the little three two wasn't in either, right? Alt scale. So, yeah. Yeah, you were doing. You weren't as strong with just cycling Murlocs, but yeah, sure. like initially when they initially when they buffed it, the hero power um, console was like, it's gonna be good. It's like, yeah, it's gonna jump from like dead last to almost not last. Like, <laughs> right. That's happened. what it did. That's what it did exactly. <laughs> that it moved from like almost a ha- almost a half of a rank below the second to last hero to almost the second to last hero. From that change alone, you're like, oh, it's a good buff. But it doesn't make an impactful change to it, right? It's really sad when you say it like that's good. Flurg is almost not last anymore. That's almost playable. <laughs> I believe. No, no, that's specific to MMR ranges, right? Like Flurgle's been decently good at uh, lower ratings for quite some time. Like at least playable. Right. It's just that at a competitive level, it it falls off a cliff because it's easy to counterplay and it's inconsistent. Until now, now yes. <laughs> Until now, yeah. Until now. Now we're in a, a whole new Florgal-filled world. Go for it, Shady. All right, yeah. So I, I find this guy really consistent right now. Like, we're talking games where I take, like, four triples for a brand. I whiff everything in a couple <laughs> seconds. And I'm just like, wow, that's insane. Just by, you know, the, the shops where you're like, sell the cold light, buy the cold light, sell the cold light, buy the cold light. You know, that happens. Right? Like, Wee, buff, buff, buff. Yeah, I like that dance. That dance is good. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And you're getting so much health because you have this golden honcho on the board that gives you plus four health every time you play a murloc. You have this golden war leader giving you attack. You might have a seven already generating the poison. So very cool. It's just that if you play him in a mech lobby... I, I was going to say it. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say you gotta play like six Murlocs and a ghoul. <laughs> that's your that's your comp. Like the ghoul is part of the roster. Like that that guy's here to stay. Uh, yeah, sure. it, it it's so different how in this particular meta, how you have to change everything because mechs are in, you know. Either mm-hmm. you're you're just gonna be the mech guy <laughs> or you're gonna be like, Well, I'm gonna you know, Prester's super valuable, ghoul is super valuable. Let me make sure that these are part of my comps in every battle, pretty much, because I don't wanna have to sell it and roll to buy a different version. So uh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty impactful just the fact that mechs being in or not. But generally for Flurgo, I have been uh I've been liking it, you know, it's been good. You know, it it, it feels it feels like I'm not a hundred percent dependent on brand, which is what I felt before when I played this hero, where I would I would get some stuff, I would get it there. Maybe I'll get a, um, a uh, what's it called? The five drop, the six three. You know the the one that Virgil. does the yeah Virgurgo. But if I didn't get a brand and I just didn't have the scaling to match anyone else, but now I feel with especially that two drop Honcho. If you get that early, you just feel so like I can do it. Like you you can feel like oh I I can scale with the best of them. You know in in a sense and and. You know, you can get the brand. It's very good if you get the brand. If you don't, you can still survive and you can still do well. So um, it feels nice. And you can always, like, tack in some selflesses at the end to uh, get those divine shields if you need them. So I've been liking this hero. It feels pretty nice. Uh, no doubt that it is way better than it was before. In fact, it was a, at certain MMRs, it's almost the, the top hero right now statistically, right? So yeah. top five in some of the like the top 20 to top 50% range, according to HS Replay. That being said, 
it was actually really, really, really good prior to this this patch, like after the overhaul patch, but before they nerfed Doomsayer and everything. And it's only gotten better since then. So yeah. we're leaving ourselves in a position where playing a solitaire comp like Florgal does, he kind of does something different than what the average person does because people don't generally buy up Murlocs. He plays into his own hero power. That's competitive with people that all play the same tribes. And Florgal's always going to be in a position that he's relatively strong if everybody's fighting over the same resources. Because Florgal just gets access to his resources reliably. Now, that being said, mechs are a huge problem to Florgal. You lose to, like, a taunted mech roll, you know? <laughs> like, a, you lose to one thing. It's really, really hard to deal with. But as you said, you just kind of tech the ghoul and you hope for the best. You play your little solitaire game over here, ignore the lobby, keep that ghoul on the board, cycle murlocs, and take your positive MMR. Like, you'd be foolish not to play the hero right now. Does yeah. it, I mean, I love any hero that plays a different game. I love Daryl, I love Florgal, I love Millhouse, I love, you know, any of the heroes that change up the rules so you don't feel like you're doing the same thing every single game. So I'm glad it's part of the meta. It uh, just suffers at the hands of the overlords that are mechs. Yeah. <sighs> Those overlords, they do some damage, but definitely overall we think Florgal, great hero, pick it up. Uh, unless you've never played, no, well, even if you've never played Florgo in your life, I think I might, you know, we talked about earlier and I was like, oh, if you've, if you've never played Florgo, I'd never recommend it. But now, sure. now yeah, I think you can, and buy them yeah, just sell, the, sell the cards, buy it. Yeah. So to give, to give like a uh, how to, you know, for dummies flurk for me, that would be don't use your hero power until you're on tier three, on tier three, shuffle the stuff off your board. That's not Murlocs try to get pairs, and then when it's time to triple, level to four, shoot for a brand, shoot for a Burgurgle, shoot for a seven, and then take it from there. And then once you're on four, you can shuffle into primal fins, and that's when the real fun starts. Sounds good. Uh, now, I've seen a couple people that advocate for staying on one for a while. A couple of very, very, very good players. The, the that being strategy. said, I, I'm, in, I'm on board with what Shady that said there. Kind of just go to two, go to three, like on a normal curve type of line. Once you go to four, you're looking to cycle, looking for triples, hit Bran, hit the Seffen, and then you can just play into that. The other line that, that seems to be prevalent, though, is banking triples on one. Kind of like a, a Rafam or a uh -huh. Chinese curve. Uh -huh. To be able to stay until turn six or turn seven, bank a couple triples, then try to double level. Honestly... The, the downside of that line to me and why I don't buy it is that you don't get salt scales. And salt scales are your backup plan. If you miss on brand, you can still cycle everything with salt scales because that you need to be on two to be, get a hold of those. One or two of those in the mid game makes it so you aren't even losing rounds anymore. The extra stats that you're picking up just playing the game like normal as Flurgle is keeping you ahead of the tempo of the lobby. And if you're uh, stable and healthy at like 30 health going to four, you're in a really good spot to almost guarantee a top four. And then if you high roll and you hit the brand, you're competitive for first. Yeah, that's really just fair. interesting seeing two ways of playing it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. I guess one like forces the five if you Chinese curve it, where the other one, you get you get the consistency of maybe hitting those honchos and then using the honchos to kind of make sure even if you don't get those triples, which honestly it's 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 very easy to triple with with this with this hero. So I don't even know if you need to force the fives, but. Uh, if you just play it normally and you, you don't get the fives by some like early or quick enough, then you still have the honcho scaling to keep you alive. So I think it's all right. Absolutely. I, I will also add that 
one of the most fun things to do is once you are on five and you're tripling into sixes, you get the chef guy, the five five that makes a Murloc golden. Uh -huh. So if you if you have a brand, you just start playing APM Murlocs because you pretty much every chef you can target onto a primal fin, and a golden primal fin is so likely to give you a triple, and then you get another discovery, and then you get uh -huh. another chef. And I like I've literally had turns where I do that the whole time, and then I'm like, okay, I gotta hold this golden primal fin for next turn because I don't have enough time to play it this turn. <laughs> Jeez. That's some good shit when you get that. That was very good. I want that. I want that life. It's good. Yeah, Chase yeah. it calls. Chase it. <laughs> I need to play more Florgo, apparently. Uh, here, the minion we shall be talking about this week as well will be Witch Wing Nest Matron. So this this is um this is a card that really didn't get talked about last pat like last patch because it was everything was over all the Avengers really were overshadowed. <laughs> yeah. We're all overshadowed by the Doomsayer card, and now that Doomsayer is really uh you know not as like not as uh, demanding or you know. It doesn't demand the presence that it used to. You now, some of the other Avenged cards are starting to jump in the limelight, and I've seen a couple uh, people, myself included, start playing with this card a little bit more, and it, it actually feels quite quite good. And I've had some games where I had to choose between this and Doomsayer. I was like, why would I even take Doomsayer here? You know, this actually does what I need. Like, gives me the card. It's easier. It's it's quicker Avenge, and you know, it's been working out for me. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this card. Would you? How you feel about it if you think it's playable if you think uh, it's actually good da -da -da. you want to go first Bofin? sure i think it's a pretty solid card in general you're looking at this card when you don't have a composition on the board if you're trying to take this to generate specific battle cries you're gonna be out of luck you know if i've heard many people say in chat hey you have a calicos on the board just take the witch wing and then you'll get more battle cries <laughs> to scale calicos it's like Ooh. it's such a pipe dream to make any of this stuff type this kind of stuff happen but when you're in the middle of the game, you level to four on like eight gold or nine gold, you don't have any composition, you see that witch wing, it's going to pay itself back. It's a decent stat line with a three five. Have one accolade or have one taunt on the board, it's almost guaranteed that you're getting one proc off of it. Get two, it's already paid its gold back. It's a relatively low cost thing that gives you an advantage over the course of the mid game. Hit one decent battle cry and you just skyrocket, right? You compare this to like the average three star or four star that you'd see on those boards, and it's a no brainer that you pick it up. Is it staying past like turn eight or turn nine? No. But isn't that what we want out of cards? They're situationally good. There are ways to use them, and they aren't oppressive and make an in game composition out of a three or a four star. If we yeah. compare it to Doomsayer, it's nothing, you know? But Doomsayer is not healthy for the game. This feels like the correct place to have generation and the correct amount of generation off of it. Yeah, it, it always feels good if I triple into it and I have nothing else to do. And I have like uh, the two twos taunt, the two two taunts. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get one or maybe two if I'm lucky. And it always feels like, all right, I yeah, like this card. Exactly. Yeah. Such a better card to have on your board. Yeah, Acolyte's so busted. Like, like, like not really, but like <laughs> actually like a really good card. <laughs> it's everywhere, man. You're never really sad about it. The, um, I think it's one of those cards that has this very, very limited window where it's good. And I think it's quite dangerous for a lot of players where I see so many people with this on their board and they're taking 15. And I'm just like, that's not worth it, bro. That's not worth it. One so. more turn. One more turn, baby. Yeah, Let's go. One more milk. One more milk. I want that one extra like, useless battle cry. It's just, yeah. Uh, I've, I've had some 
So, like, I've had two games where this card was insane for me. Like, one was completely unfair because I was Eudora and I dug it golden. Oh. And then I held it and I tripled it into it. I played it for a Caligos and I was like, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> golden Matron, Caligos. So I was just, that was a dream. I was just farming stuff, but, you know, completely unreasonable. The other You're one. The was, yeah. I'm the reason. No, no, I'm the reason Twitch chat is like. Yeah, yeah that's your fault. Yeah, like. Were you playing Twitch chat? <laughs> Uh, but the um the other one was with hook tusk and that felt really nasty where i uh what i usually do with hook tusk is if i get a token triple early you know that moment with hook tusk where you're like damn i can't shoot anything anymore because everything's triples and you know i gotta play stuff so i i usually go to tier uh three and then i just play my golden token and i pull a four drop and if on that moment that four drop is witchwing matron and you have this uh, board full of tokens. Oh my god, it's so good because then double token lobby, you could get more tokens. You just get fodder to use your hero power on. So I think, like Collins mentioned earlier, tripling into it is is really nice. Yeah, you reminded me. I had a game where I got like three Murloc Tidehunters in two turns off of it. It just gave me. I was like, oh, two gold. Oh, two. Go oh, a triple. I was like, what? What's going on? <laughs> I was like, this is really nice. <laughs> I was. I was very happy that game. So yeah, it it, it it's nice. And I, I sometimes always forget there's there's battle cries that give you extra gold. It's not like always one gold, right? Sometimes you can get two gold off of it. Sometimes you can get the plus three gold from the. Uh, uh the demon eater right so you can get multiple gold off of it so it's not even like th there can be high rolls off the like just just playing it normally you just high roll off multiple gold and you're like well now my curve fits perfectly so yeah i i do think um with uh doomsayer falling off off of, falling down a little bit a lot of the other revenge cards are feeling a little bit better like all the events cards really i think are pretty playable i wouldn't say there's like a super bad one which i'm like ah, i hate this one no, I, I think uh before it was like if you're not doomsday get out but now it's like okay mm -hmm. you there's a room for all of you so it's good it's the same i think i think you can piggyback slightly on that conversation from what both of you said together where one was or shady was saying like you don't want to overstay on witch wing because you know it doesn't really give you that much it will cost you rounds and when you start taking like 10 plus damage because you're greeting a nest matron you generally speaking have kept it too long because it's, it really isn't giving you any tempo on the board. And then talking about which Avenge minions are pretty good, if you compare like Nest Matron to Green Thumb, that's the three the three star minion that gives a plus two one buff to adjacent minions on Avenge. Oh, I three. forgot about that one. <laughs> like that one existing, the vast majority of the time, I'd rather have a Green Thumb on my board than a, a Witch Wing, and that's a, a tavern tier below anymore. We're talking about a card that is effectively able to generate long-term stats as long as you have one permanent minion on your board, preferably two. And if you compare the value of getting like one extra Battlecry minion, one extra gold, to permanent potentially four two buffs per turn on minions that stay on your board, say you find an early Deflecto or Divine Shield Dragon or whatever it may be, those are night and day level of difference. So, sure, all the Avenge minions, I agree completely. They all exist and they are all playable at this point. Some of them obviously overperform over other ones. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It seems like we overall like the card, think it's playable, has a place in the meta, and not like oh for sure overbearing or something. This isn't like the new Doomsayer. I just wanted to talk about the card. <laughs> sure. All right, moving on to the next topic, we have 
the patch 21.3 were the changes good now this is like just an open-ended kind of discussion here i can start on this all right go uh, for it we don't have demons destroying every single lobby so um yeah mission accomplished <laughs> there that was that's really nice roger isn't oppressive at most ranks which it was kind of weird because, you know, it was good, definitely, at, at certain MMRs, and then it was, like, you know, better at other, or just, we'll call it better at some some ranges. Oppressive, in general, Leapfroggers plus Demons, that's been brought back down in line. What we've created are a couple new monsters, mm. and that always happens with patches. Let's be real, <laughs> that there's gonna be imbalances, Mechrel's a pain in the ass, APM Elementals on Millhouse is incredibly strong right now. I see your master of realities with the little buff there gives you that idea. But in general, were they healthy changes? Yes. Do we need another patch? Would it be yeah, great yeah, to have yes. weekly little <laughs> tweaks? Absolutely. <laughs> there are definitely outliers. Is a mega buster a little bit too busted? Yes, it is. Hey, hey, I, hey, hey, hey. You're skipping topics. <laughs> no, that's in the patch too. In general. <laughs> there are things that are too strong. Absolutely. But a good patch in general. I do agree with everything you said. Pretty much you are correct. Uh, I, I think um, what they set out to target uh, has been effectively targeted. The card, the cards that they changed, right, feel pretty, like, they feel okay. Like, they don't, f things that used to be strong and were specifically targeted are now, like, okay. Some I would argue maybe Smuggler like got like the short end of the stick like you know I sometimes I look at Smuggler and I'm like ah, what is this card now <laughs> but uh, the the issue is that be because they've they've really only targeted the very specific like the like flashing lights nerf me nerf me nerf me like some of the other like very obvious like minions hiding in the shadow that were like ah yes. I'm not, you know, they're like, you know that that meme where the like the bears looking the other way. <laughs> it's those guys that are just like, I, I'm not doing anything, you know. I I just get divine shit every time my my brother does. I'm fine, you know, just moving the other way, a mega buster, like chilling, like I'm just a goldrin. <laughs> it's like I'm fun. <laughs> you know, just like casually. Uh, looking around and it's it's like yeah well these cards were obviously going to be problems after you nerf them so it, it it's a little weird because we kind of talked about what is going to be a problem problems after their patch and it's it's very correct like this is it's, it's very predictable at least is what i would say what was going to be problems afterwards after the patch and uh fortunately they did address what the flashing lights so good on them but still like there were some pretty obvious problems that were still gonna uh, occur with the current patch state, so I would love to would see more patches. To, yeah. to head off that a little bit, like yeah. little tweaks to the things we think are gonna creep up after the patch. Yeah, I mean they have the stats. Like I don't know if that's like super. I mean the the problem with the stats is like it's like demons, dragons. You know they're like sure. like so much higher than they're they're like mechs are like doing okay, but they're not like demons, dragons. Let's not touch them. You know, but when you nerf all the other stuff, it it's pretty impactful. Like sometimes I'm I'm always shocked how impactful like adding a card is or removing one card or 
making a, a one into a two. We talk about this a lot when, <laughs> when it comes to patches. Like, damn, that changed the whole hero or the whole card. It's now unplayable, or now it's the most the strongest hero in the game. So uh, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. And and sometimes it, I would love to see them do like small little patch weekly or or even bi weekly if they're not want to be that that efficient with it and just like touch things that like small like little little adjustments on, on things that are very clearly over overpressive or, or things so yeah i agree what about you shady so in, in terms of the the frequency of patches i'm probably a little bit the odd one out because i actually don't like it when my game would get patched every week I, it's, oh yeah it's actually why i left tft because right. i just couldn't deal with it it was just too many changes too fast and it felt every time i put in the time and the effort to learn a meta new one <laughs> just because you know like changes just come in like that uh what i do agree with obviously is if there's these big glaring issues but obviously that is uh subjective right like what is a big glaring issue is it too much i think doomsday and frog were sort of universally accepted as yeah this gotta go but some people might look at this meta and say eh, i mean this is not really a problem so um yeah I think that their their current speed at updating, as long as it's the, uh, I think they could have been a bit faster on Doomsayer and Frog. They they were gathering data and they had this preset date, but I feel like it was you know that one was so obvious and so ridiculous that that could have been faster. So I don't think you can have this preset schedule for the nerfs. I think you gotta you know you gotta react to what's happening, right? You gotta see this shit in the field and you know you could have nerfed that at weekend easily right like a week is a lot of time for seeing people just rush to six on what was it uh, six on six or some stupid shit yeah. with doomsayer you just go straight up uh so for, in, in that regard it's not a. it's weird right it's it's essentially on a case by case i would say uh yeah. i don't want to have this steady like oh we want to have nerfs every so often but you know when it's needed it's needed as for the patch, yeah, I mean, of course, it's it made the game a lot better. Uh, it was low-hanging fruit in, in some regard, but I will say that Whelp Smuggler, I think they did a good job with, where this now feels like a two-drop, where sometimes... <laughs> yeah, right, like, it's, it's a, it's a two-drop, right? It's not supposed to be a card you build your entire comp around. I want to build around it! But, you know, if I have a Cali, I'm like, ooh, let me snag that, and just, like squeeze the value a little bit and then sell it later you know, that's perfect that's what you want a number of people that have tried to make the case well how do you win the lobby with whelp smuggler now <laughs> that have said that in my chat i swear to god like the answer is you don't win lobbies with two stars man they're situationally useful in the mid game or at least they even fits in the calicos like what more do you want out of a two star come on I want I want to get one health as well, you know. That's all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one attack as well. So, I mean, <laughs> it's already a two five that gives an upside. Like that's a decent two star, a good two star. Yeah, for sure. Just make it a three five, and then I'm happy, you know. Just put it on six star and put it back to the way it was. <laughs> uh, two Caligoses, yes, I love it. Yeah, but uh, I agree. That's 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 probably very true, you know. I, I sometimes feel like, damn, I'm not winning the game. I bought I bought a smuggler and I didn't win. <laughs> and like early on, I'm like, damn, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is a two star, so that is a that is always a healthy point you want to keep in mind when you're. Yeah, uh, let's, let's compare this to like spawn. Does spawn win you the game? It's a really good two star. You know, we buy it almost every time we see it. Spawn no. and Azoth is a great card. It's not winning you the game. 
But it should, you know. That's yeah. the, that's the problem. <laughs> I think every coach should win me the game, but yeah. lose you the game. Win me the game. That's uh, that's that's what I was looking at too. So overall, um, we like that they targeted the you know the OPOPs, but there were some still uh, obvious problems I would say that they didn't address, and some some of us liked the speed they patched things. Some of us could like it a little bit faster, or at least address on a case-by-case basis so i like the statement of low-hanging fruit from shady we're all happy about the patch because (laughs) it addressed what we everybody knew needed to change the other stuff would have been nice to have like them hedge a little bit and be like we know this is already overperforming let's get that out of here before it gets too out of hand which is kind of what they did with smuggler smuggler in its old form would have been pretty pretty strong right now now you would have hoped that like mech roller I'm not going to say the other card because that's coming up in a second. A few others <laughs> get a little bit of a change to them too. Thank you. But, you know, you can't get everything. We got some low-hanging fruit, okay? Uh, we got I, it. Was a, it was a quick patch. I love it. Quickish. Uh, very, very true. Moving on to our next topic. <laughs> what could this topic be? What could this topic be? Is Omega Buster too weak? I'd say yes. We probably need to buff up it up, right? Put the one in the stats into a two, right? So every time, sure, move it to tavern two. Ah, yeah. maybe that'd be a little too too much. Maybe tavern three, right? And then, oh, okay. and then yeah. So so that you have the macaw synergy right right there, you can roll, you know, macaw omega buster. You're good to go. Right? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Jokes aside, is this card too strong? I I think it is, right? I'm pretty sure every everyone. I think uh, I think it's too strong. I'll start with that. It's too strong. But that being said, it is strong because mechs as a whole make use of this kind of card way better than anything else would. Mechs right now have like three or four winning compositions that can play the game from Omega Busters to Mech Rolls to Ground Shaker with like Blood Gems and Gem Splitter to uh-huh. anything under the sun that you can piece together. And once you get people that, that really know how to, you know, how to utilize all the cards that are in the game, when you give an incredibly versatile tribe that can make use of tons and tons and tons of different avenues to take a win, then a lot of people are going to play that, right? Like, you have to hit the nuts with certain other tribes, like we talked about dragons before, or beasts, like with Goldrin and, and Baron and everything else to get to this level. Or you can just piece together mechs in any way, shape, or form. You see a buster and you're like, all right, we're shooting for first. Yeah. That's very true. Right. Shit, you don't even need the buster half the time. <laughs> like the mechros do the job yeah, too. You I put know. both of them in the same tribe and you're like, shit, this is easy. Uh, I hate that card, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you have the macaw there too with it. Just like to add salt just, to the wound. Yeah, like, just, yeah, we could do that too. Yeah, just just have a, have a little extra, you know, extra little power in there just casually, you know. Yeah, I, I do think... Um, it, it's it's one of those situations where okay max are in the lobby i'm like well half the lobby's going max you know and i play mm-hmm. the game more than half is max like <laughs> it's like well yeah so anytime you have those situations it is pretty like that is a pretty easy telltale sign there's there's kind of an issue right where you've got six different minion types and like hey half the lobby wants to play this one right specific one when there's a whole avenue of things to do but no it's not as good it's not as consistent uh, we we die to this every time right it, it it's it's 
sometimes when comps are like consistent and stuff, you do it right, but then that comp doesn't win, right? And you're like, okay, this is a consistent uh, playstyle, but it doesn't win. This one is like, okay, it's consistent and it wins, and I like. You can play around it unless you're like dragons or something, or you still lose to me. So, and the high roll of this is like one of the strongest things you can you can do in the game, right? Like you can just get a hundred hundred divine shield mechorolls. Like, like what are you doing against that? I don't even know, right? You have to play be millhouse elementals or something of like three hundred. I mean, it's 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 so tough, right? So, it's it's just the ease of execution, really, and just how flexible it is and how how you can transition into like a a perfect comp from a seemingly unperfect board right like you can just start like with like pup bots like just a couple well, pup what, bots you know put it in and you what it starts from or what it benefits from is you having what is already the highest tempo mid game board so you can just play for the good things in the mid game and then you're one card away from being first place like at all times like those mech mid game boards are what you want to be if you're playing for the highest average finish already then you throw a six star in there that's capable of just obliterating the lobby, and you're like, I wonder why this tribe's good. Weird. Um, that's really good. Yeah. The um, my strategy for a lot of heroes, I will just check if pirates of mechs are in for reform curvers essentially, because reform curvers are usually gathering triples for a six drop. So if I don't have mechs or pirates you know like you like sometimes you'll just do it with mechs if say if mama's in as well you know like you have a good backup hit um but like i like my f right now by the way i don't know i do guys... too actually Agreed. Yeah. okay yeah. okay cool let's 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 get some uh reinforcement here because i mean the stats don't necessarily reflect it and i don't really see very many people play it but uh, especially when pirates are mechs are in it feels quite consistent to force a six drop just like you did with my f before and then, yeah, you get a buster on, uh, what is it, nine gold or something. Yeah, it's yeah. just 30% chance good. to win the lobby. How yeah, nice. very good, right? And you can, you know, it inter interacts with your micro mummy or your pup bot immediately. And, you know, getting an Eliza, that's not bad either. So that's why I like the pirates in there. It's um, it's, it's been good, absolutely. The, um, the, the thing that I've really done with my buster comps which i feel has given me the edge over my opponents is you just treat it like this super high-end taunt comp where i just have like two deflectos taunted and then just the busters in the back and then the busters dying resetting the deflectos making deflectos huge and you just watch you know like if i've won mirrors like that where they did not have uh those taunted deflectos and in the end that's still that, that makes a difference where your hits aren't doing anything and you're constantly resetting yeah um you can add a like a macro there as well and then it'll interact with the deflecto what i see a ton of people do and what i don't get is they have one taunted macro and then the rest is like busters in the front and then there's some divine shields after that but that macro always dies before the divine shield attacks and i see it That's so often that i just don't get it yeah it, it's because they know the macro comp and they're like okay this is good when macro is taunted oh yeah this is yeah, good macro's supposed right. to be taunted, right? <laughs> now i can do let me put these megas in because this is good. Mega <laughs> bus, this is good. Honestly, that's a pretty good way to, to pivot this because a lot of people want to pop those busters immediately, but you don't have to, you know? Like if you talked about exactly that board state and you had double deflecto and you have a taunted mechrel and you have like, say, a buster or two, just put them three and four. 
you just uh, bump with the deflectos. You reset the mechrels a couple times. Then you get the busters to go off. They reset the deflectos, and you're already there in that same situation, except you've eaten their first two minions with the mechrel. Like, those kind of pivots or whatever you were talking about there, that's what makes mechs so good. We can do all kinds of stuff with all of these toys. It's just a question of what toys did you get this specific game. Yeah. I've had this, like, really nice comp where I, I, I think Shady talked about it. I had this ton of deflecto, right? And just, like, a bunch of, like, reset omegas. It was like so funny. <laughs> I was I was playing uh, the macro comp, but just with deflecto because it resets every uh -huh. time you get you get a a, a a mech on the board. So I was like, "Damn, this is macro comp," but I have a deflecto on the board. <laughs> Think about like two metas ago, prior to the overhaul patch, when Arm of the Empire deflectos was like the nuts. And what uh -huh. we're describing is instead of an arm comp, we just have infinite stats, like a ridiculous number of stats in the form of resets. From these Omega Busters. It's just like an Omega version of Arm Tonk Comp from before. Yeah. Dude, I see no one go Arm anymore. Dude, it's gone. Like, yeah. It has like <laughs> five hit points on my taunts. So I'd rather have a hundred hit points on my taunts. No big it's deal. It's crazy, right? Between between Grease Bots, Gem Splitter, and all that, it's just there's yeah. no room for Arm. Yeah. Like, I've had... Yeah. Sorry, go first, Buffy. No, I was just saying, what's the Arm? Because Arm got nerfed to 4-4. Four, four. Obviously. Yeah, I mean unplayable now. Unplayable. They should they like, should buff it to I, seven seven. I would <laughs> be much better. Four mana seven seven. That's too strong. Uh I had the um I had the nuts shop on George where you know that that shop where you've just gone to three, you're like, all right, Bobby, what do you got for me? Two arms. I'm just like, Holy crap, I'm George and that's two arms. And I, I sold out of them later, like not too much later, because it's like, well, you guys don't give health as well. It's not good enough. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you're if you get two really early arms of the empire on George and I'm selling them not too much later, that should give you an indication, right? Of like how powerful some of these cards are that we're working what, with. When you said nuts on on George, you know, you it was two or three, I was like, double cobor, okay. And you were like arm. I was over, like, oh yeah. that is the, what is the this? <laughs> but it used to be, you know, like if you would get two arms of the Empire on eight gold as George you would pretty much be top two guaranteed. Right. Like it's like a 1.5 one, 1. Yeah. average type of thing. You, like, don't get, you don't get lower than second with that because like you're so strong. But now, especially because like there's this, like the Prester that messes with it. You have the Buster mm. that annihilates it, just eats your deflectos because you know, the, the, to the tokens. The tokens, yeah, I know, right? That's so strong, <laughs> the tokens too. tokens kill your board. Can't run it. Uh, yeah, it, it's... It's a good card. Now, uh, that all said, I'm at, like, I still like the meta. Like, it's still like, okay, okay. Like, mechs are like number one. Everyone's doing this. But I'm like, I'm still enjoying my time. Da da da. You know, sometimes like, I get into like someone's ton of double macro and I lose the game when I had like, yeah, ninety. I had I lost a ninety eight percent to win today. To, to double macro and i was just like you know i i was not happy Man, <laughs> you know but no, yeah i mean with yeah. that with that being said and a, a way to transition this uh, i honestly if it was me making the balance change right now i'd rather see mackerel take a big hit than a mega buster if I was get mackerel out the game changing, man i'm mackerel itself with buster is oppressive 
if you took Mekrel out of the game and had Buster in the game right now in its current form, it would still be strong. Don't get me wrong. It could be still be a competitive first place type of board, but we wouldn't have this conversation about having like 35 Divine Shields on the board with those Mekrel taunt comps and all of that shit. You would have had the example of like what Shady was saying, where your high roll board is like taunted deflectors with resets on Mekrel or on resets from Omega Busters and whatnot. But that's yeah. okay. We're allowed to have an in-game composition that works for mechs. The problem is how consistent it is right now. Take away one of the toys, we might be able to be in a better, more balanced position. Mechrel's <laughs> a hard one, really hard one to balance. Uh, I know how to balance it. Delete it. Tier like... seven. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, actually, I mean, like as a concept, tripling on six gives you tier seven stuff. That's actually mm -hmm. like not not like bad. Like they do that in the storybook, actually, and it's like kind of fine. Yeah, that that's always been a, a cyclical conversation that pops in the chat from time to time. What cards would exist if you had a tier seven? Like the one that always came back was like holy mackerel would have to exist like up there if it was ever good. Some people would like to put Megasar up there. Honestly, so, yeah. Mechel's the same boat. Why it's on five is a little bit uh, questionable to me. But, uh, yeah, it existing in the game and accessible early in the game is very, very hard to deal with. If, if Wind Fury or Dragons aren't in, a taunted Mechel can just win the game with a bunch of vanilla Divine Shield units on the board. Like, you could put pop bots behind it, oh. taunt up the Mechel and be like, lol, try to get through this, guys. One thing I've thought about is don't make it a mech, and it only refreshes when a mech gets loses divine shield. So you can't let you two of them won't refresh themselves. I hate that so much, you know. But you can still kind of put in the same comp, but it it wouldn't work with a mega. So you'd have to be a little bit. It'd have to be. You'd have to run like some weird comp. I don't know, like full yeah, taunt something. Full taunt brand. Something has to get. You yeah. either can't scale well, it can't be as reliable about getting divine shields, or you can't give it divine shield up front. And right now we have all of those with yeah. mech scaling, module, all of that kind of shit. Something has to get there. Otherwise, it's counterplay. Is like you have to have wind fury, or you have to have presters to be able to beat it. And even even if it, it has no uh, minion type, like there's some heroes you that can. Burlock. No, there. No, get out of here. <laughs> there are some heroes that can buff up, you know, any minion they want, right? So it it makes those a little bit more viable if mechs are in, or not in. Well, it's actually not a tribe, so if it makes those a little bit more viable because you can always take that and be like Rock Initio, okay, let's go plus six plus six plus five plus five, da da da. That's pretty viable, you know. So I think that would be okay. Like I would not be as mad if I lose to that when they actually have to try. They don't can't just play Omega Buster and be like, "Well, my comp's done." I, I think it's too easy, right? Like you have an Omega Buster and a Baron, and you just like find two holy holy macros, which I I do all the time. I just oh yeah, two. And I put them in, and like my comp's done. Well, you tripled into a six. You got yeah. all the tempo in the world because Buster is like the highest tempo triple you can get from six. Now you're on five for the rest of the game, and all you have to do is naturally roll into a couple five stars to win the lobby. Seems achievable. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I don't know. So yeah, I I, I don't know. Like I, I could definitely see Omega Buster being more balanced if other mechs got touched, but as it currently stands, like mechs are the way. So yep, uh, very strong right now. I, I think even if Mechrel wasn't a mech, this thing is still way. Too yeah, strong. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so many boards, Agreed. right? I, yeah. Something's got to give. Maybe both have to give. Well, 
the blizzard way it'll be like what does this thing do summon six microbots all right cut it down to four see what it does right <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is honestly well you know you know i called all the nerfs on doomsayer on <laughs> the elf smuggler prog and it's just like that's that's how blizzard nerfs things right yeah. so this is gonna go to like five or four microbots i bet you're right which is like a little sad, but also like, wow, we can really predict, like, but yeah, also like, no, no ingenuity in times of like. I'll but, take it a step further. We know what the nerfs are gonna be, so what's the next meta gonna be shady? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's we'll, gonna be broken next patch. I think we'll figure that out when it rolls along, you know. And like, maybe what, what was what was a really nice surprise is that they they jacked up Quill. Like I did not see that coming, and I like. Yeah, that was nice. You could I like actually the Peggy change too. Yeah, you can you can play some. You can actually buy Peggy now without feeling awful about it, right? She oh, has, mm -hmm. she has oh, another or... okay. I also really like the South Sea Captain edition as well. Like, I that think that was uh, yeah. yeah, yeah that, I think that's that, really important. It's we great about having a two-star pirate that's actually a pirate. That's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but yeah, it, it definitely makes pirates like. I see a lot more pirates, and it feels like, yeah, I could do pirates. There, there are some games where I'm looking at the lobby, I'm like, yep, pirates. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's quite nice just to have that a little bit power spike. So, I mean, we've kind of passed talking about the patch, but I think some of the other, like, extra stuff they besides, like, the big nerfs uh, have been pretty good buffing up pirates and crowbars. I think they did need it. That was nice, for sure. All right, moving on to our next topic, we have got, oh yes, deciding what to play from the hero selection screen. So sometimes I'm looking at the, the choices and I'm like, okay, these are in, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, Elementals are in, mechs are out, you know, Murlocs are out, okay, <laughs> let's go. And I, I, I just wanted to, do you guys have that same kind of, uh, uh, feeling sometimes where you're looking at the screen, you know, you see your hero, you're like, okay, I'm playing this hero. These are in, these are out. I know what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to lean towards heavily, that kind of thing. Well, I can start. Uh, I think it's a healthy behavior that it if is. You can have I think a it difference is. Difference yeah. in what heroes you want to play based upon what tribes are in and out, that that's ideally what we want out of this game. Now, that being said, if it is looking at exactly two tribes or one tribes and going, this is good or bad, this is in the game, therefore the game always plays out like this, then that's too far to the extreme, right? Look, use last meta as an example. Every game was looking <laughs> to see if the word beast or demon appeared in the set of tribes. Yeah, if so, and demons is there, you're like, what goes to three quickly? And that was like the entire decision point for that meta. Now in this meta, I look at like if mechs are in, that shapes a lot because every game comes mm. down to heavy tempo in the mid game and tripling in the sixes absolutely for a mega buster and it or it's one of those those weird ass games where you're like i can't find anything how do i play for tempo right now and if you're truly playing for like a highest average placement then you're looking at all your heroes and going i can't play these high high roll ish heroes that are good at their own game plans if i'm going to sacrifice all of the early game so heroes like yog get better Heroes that can go to three, then like, you know, limp up to four and triple into a six are much better. Triplers obviously are, are nuts. But mechs are that one tribe that you're looking at, and that shapes everything. If mechs are out, all all bets are off. You you look at the lobby and go, hmm, I have to now think about the other five tribes that are in this game to figure out which of these heroes is relatively good. If mechs are in, it's just what plays mechs well. 
I, I would add on or to elephant. that. Tools. I, I would add on to that right now that the uh, like yes, mechs are obviously very good, but it's the mech quill bore mm-hmm. combination for me that and I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but if those two are in, I will say that God, maybe eighty percent of my boards will end up in ground shaker, deflecto, gem splitter, just because that interaction is so busted, and I don't really see it enough right now. Like I'm just farming MMR off that because would you like to have some like 30 damage deflectos with a taunt that reset and a handful of gems every turn it's like yeah that's pretty good <laughs> and then then you hit a gem swap piggy at some point and then you get to harvest those gems off the shake or onto deflecto bot so so for me if i see those two like i'll give you an example elementals were out millhouse was offered and but i see that uh cool wars and mechs are in and i picked kelfas over millhouse and I got first place doing that because it was just like, yeah, Kale's going to give me a little bit of extra padding early. That way, you know, I can go to three a little bit faster or healthier. I, I start hunting for the deflecto and a gem splitter. And once you have that machinery going, it's so strong. You know, you just, it, it keeps itself going. So that's what I have where for me, gem splitter feels a little bit, well, not a little bit, feels way too powerful for, for what tier it's on. Yeah. Uh, what you just said there, I would completely agree with, first of all. And the second part is to extend from that, saying that what Kael'thas is is inherently a tempo hero, right? He just brings tempo to the mid-game, you give yourself stability, and when win conditions or pseudo-win conditions are on 3 and 4, then if you can just stabilize the early game, go to 3 and 4 and give yourself the ability to find those cards, and you're at 30-plus health, that average finish is nuts, and that was a dog bark. Go ahead. <laughs> Didn't hear it, but Sounds great. You want to chime in, Collins? Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm tired. <laughs> but okay, yeah, never mind. I just saw you making some faces. I thought you were I, like, yeah, I, I, I that is my job here it. right now. I make those faces, and I'm like, yes, I agree sure. with a face. No, I don't okay. agree. But no if you want me to talk, uh, just um, I do think mechs are pretty overpowering, right? But we can also talk about some of the other uh, um, minion types that are available, right? Sometimes. Uh, just the absence of Murlocs, right? I think kind of adjusts how you look at things, right? So if, if Murlocs are out, you're like, okay, elementals, right? Demons, they don't have that big um, counter, right? If if Murlocs and beasts are out, then you kind of, you lose the Myxna too as well, right? So it only becomes Spore. You don't have that reborn ability, right? So that, that also kind of shapes things when I'm looking at it. Uh, another thing, right? When pirates are in and those are out as well, right? Like, so like demons... Uh, that is what demons i said some i said three tribes demons elementals and pirates right those can really make huge stats right so when when you lose those abilities to easily get poisoned right they those come in the forefront right i saw a game where five people were pirates you know <laughs> merlocks like that i i i knew i was going pirates from the beginning of the match and everyone uh, seemed to agree with me <laughs> that that was the way and um Another thing you can also do, just like if mechs are in and dragons are in and you want to win the lobby, like let's say it's like tournament setting or something, and you know everyone's going to go mechs, and you're like, okay, well, dragons have Prester. Maybe instead mm-hmm. of going uh, to mech to mech, I'll go dragons instead so I can use that Prester ability to counteract that uh, composition. So those are some of the things you sometimes have to think about. Like, oh, I know people are going to go this comp, because it's you know it's the comp 
can I actually counter that or will I will I pick up these kind of things right it's it's very similar to oh there's a George in the lobby maybe I'm gonna buy this ghoul like two turns before I fight it sure. just just in case sure. you know so those are those are the little things I think are pretty interesting especially in this patch I I think it's more prevalent this patch than some of the previous patches where I'm actually looking at like all the all the all the minion types that are in instead of like just the one or two that are really core i mean obviously mechs are like right now the core but when you go past that there's still a lot of uh thought and decision making coming into what you want to play and how you want to approach the game another thing i think is prevalent with uh the tribes if we're just going to continue talking about what tribes are in the game is how long you should real realistically be greeting and playing for a, a first place condition before getting to the place of like effectively folding, saying, I got to play for tempo, I just got to play to stabilize this game. And there are some certain telltale signs which are really prevalent in this meta. Like, for example, you see Millhouse has gotten multiple triples and is on four with elementals. You uh, know yeah, the lobby yeah, is it's over. over. You know, like, this one's <laughs> done. I'm not playing for first. Let's kill a couple people before we queue into Millhouse. Like, I played a game last night where I saw Millhouse take two triples on four, on Tavern Four, on turn six. And I was like, all right. I know what this board is. I know we never keep up with the APM elemental line. Let's just murder a couple people real quick, take our top four, go to the next game. Or George, for example, is in your game. You see it turn one, George is in your game and Quillboards and Mechs are in. Yeah, this is going to turn into a Divine Shield fiasco. We're going to pick up that ghoul. We're going to play for dragons or whatever it might be. And you pull that ripcord a little bit earlier in those situations than you would if, say, for example, you don't have those heroes in the lobby. So maybe that's not a thing that radically changes what hero you're choosing, but it changes your game plan after like two, three, four, five turns. And you're like already pulling a, a hard 180 on what you're trying to do. It's very, very true. And I, I do see that a lot. So, um, you know, I think it's been a good discussion. I always, these are the things I think about sometimes, you know, since these are topics that pop up in my head from time to time. I'm like, okay. It's good. I, I wanna I wanna still hop onto that and ask, do you guys like it more or less when mechs are out? Well, I mean I win with mechs, like I'm gonna be honest, like <laughs> you know, I, I, I know how to go to six and get Omega Busters. Like that's <laughs> that is my style, so it's pretty easy for me. But do I like it more? I mean, if you cut out you know, win percentages and whatnot. That's a good question. You can take your win rate into consideration. That's not a bad thing. You know, <laughs> I actually liked playing demon lobbies in the last meta because I, I knew exactly. I kind of did to too. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of clear, right? Like the game can be super hard, and like every single decision, every roll, there's like you know a branch of directions. You know, in in essence, and when you have like, oh, we just need to hit this one thing, or or you just or you roll or you level or you don't like it, it kind of makes things a little bit simpler a little bit easier to play if you are fully tuned into that meta and i do think mechs can do that sometimes in a lobby where you're like ah is this mech does this help me finalize my mech comp no okay i don't need it like it, it kind of uh, simplifies things so that's a good point i don't know if if that makes it more fun uh i mean the the real I mean like as a human it's just like do I win more <laughs> that's really the only thing I care about so I like I just have to see if I win more and then that's gonna be my answers. 
I, I like mechs being in the game in general. I think they're one of the more, we'll call it, you have more decisions with boards with mechs in it. That might be counterplaying mech players, so you're looking at buying up stuff ahead of time. There are more pivots that you're trying to do. The games end a little bit slower, so you have more turns to play. I think it's more fun to play a lobby where you have people that high roll mechs than lobbies where you see somebody high roll APM elementals or something. Because you know that's a feeling of dread and hopelessness compared to, like, how do I pivot to beat this? Now, don't get me wrong. If they're all mech rolls and Omega Buster everything, you're like, okay, they win the lobby. Fine. That's a high roll. But in general, those <laughs> mech mid games feel like you have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, my pivots have been like, let me get a better mech board than them. <laughs> That's my that's my pivot. <laughs> you know, oh, they have a mech board, a mega buster, you know, a mech roller too. Okay, let me just get a better one. Like that's my that's my strat. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been interesting. I um I, I agree for for the most parts where I, I do like it as well when mechs are in. Like when mechs are out and I don't have a hero like Chandis, Hook Tusk, who comes with the manual of hit the tokens, do the thing. I feel like I'm in this free fall and I just like, all right, I just got to grab a hold of something or I'm just going to crash and die. So in, in those games, I find myself playing juggler so often because it's just like, well, it's the direction I can do something. You know, you have this, you have this game where mechs are out, but Eagle is still the best thing you're playing. And then you still go to three because your curve works that way. And then yeah. you're like, all right, I'm in damage control mode already. because yeah, I didn't yeah. hit the nuts on tier three. So I, I do I do feel like the game becomes a lot more of if my hero doesn't have built in direction, man, this is going to be rough. Yeah, something I, I do want to talk about is sometimes I feel like leveling to three early is just like, I've you know, I'm throwing the game. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I should have seen that one and just ch Chinese curves all, all, all the way up to four. You know, because sometimes like I, I you level to three and I'm like, I'm starting the game on like 20 health. And I'm like. How can I, how can I, how can I recover? <laughs> I'm already, like, I'm already, I've already lost, you know? So yeah. I, I really have to be careful uh, on leveling at three. Either the hero has to specifically demand it or the curve just works out perfectly where like the three is free and I don't have to worry about it early. Like, or like I'm playing Omu or, or something, even Omu can level, can stay on one actually. So like, yeah, you know, questions. But uh, I, I've just been like, Seeing myself level to three, taking like 15, 20 damage early and being like, I'm so like behind, like everyone is like healthier. Mm -hmm. uh, what am I doing? Right. And since everyone else is like just staying on one and stuff like that, you know, playing, playing super, uh, it's like relatively high tempo. You just take so much damage right. and, and it's so hard to recover. So I, I just think I'd like, I take a step back, even a turn there. I feel bad if I'm leveling the two on two most of the time okay i can see that, that if my too. hero doesn't really enable jeef curve or my hero doesn't give me some incentive or reform curve or whatever it might be and if some incentive to try to level to three immediately then that like level on normal curve line feels really bad right now there aren't two stars i necessarily want to buy mm -hmm. you lose the tempo to the people that stay on one you go to three and you're like i have one turn to find something before i'm in damage control mode. Mm -hmm. Because it's yeah. like turn eight or turn or eight gold turn, you're on three on your normal curve. You're sitting there like, I really wish I was on four right now. I have nothing on my board. I might have a pair. I got to buy some things. And then the game's passed you by. It feels really weird leveling on that curve right now. I'd much rather do Jeef curve level two, three on six gold. Or 
have another Kuro that really is enabling something like what you're saying, the Chinese curve or having a reform curve. Because when you have those baked in wing conditions and your, or, you know, ideal curve types where you're taking early triples, that's a much better place to be than, hey, I bought two stars. Why do I, why am I buying two stars? Because I'm Flurgo, you know. That's that's no, even Flurgo's a different. Story. Yeah, Flurgo's a different beast. Yeah, I agree. It's even yeah. worse when you know you buy two stars, but then on six gold, that's when Bob gets you. Like, ha! Now the level is awkward, and the shop is trash. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, those yeah. are the worst. Those I mean, we, we talked about that. Like, if you go really retro, like way back in the day, when people really always leveled on like that normal curve, that normal level to two, level to three. Everybody talked about how shitty it felt when you had a bad six gold turn. And yet nobody really thought ways around avoiding playing that, you know, that turn on yeah. two on six gold. We were like, ah, I guess we can just level. And then like maybe Dude, your hero power costs two and use I, it or something. I kind of wonder how much better like you would be like if you were dropped into like the beginning of Battlegrounds. You just win every match. Like, <laughs> is it just that easy? <laughs> I just it play Edgar every game, dude. Yeah, yeah, for real though. Oh yeah, Look, we forgot that's, about Cadgar for way true. too long. That's true. <laughs> like Merlock's a beast in every you, game. You actually baby. win every, every match. You you actually game. win every match because no one knows how to do that. Yeah, you you know, if you're, if you're not streaming. And you're just like playing. People call you cheaters. Yeah, they would. They would. That's so true, dude. <laughs> this random player is cheating. I fought him once. He had like 20 triples. That must be a game hacker. <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's actually funny. Yeah, but yeah, it would. It would be. It would be a different beast for sure if you just had this knowledge over like two years of playing yeah, yeah. but um overall I, I do think it's pretty interesting to see how uh you know you can decide how to change your player change what comp or know what other people are going to rush uh based on just looking at the the hero selection screen so i think that's pretty cool and i believe we have one more topic yes we do da -da 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 -da. Favorite minion interactions. I think this is a pretty fun one. Just like some of the interactions in the game that you kind of like. Hey, I love when I do this with that, or I'm playing this hero. It lets me do this, which you can't really do with any other hero. It's pretty cool. I didn't put it. I didn't put hero interactions in, but you know, toss that in. I just was too lazy. You know how it goes. But yeah, those uh, are really cool pairs. But all of them could just be a mega buster, and it'd be a better, better graphic there. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, in mega buster, Dude, and then and then uh, LP gain, <laughs> yeah, right? I should have put that in there. I should a mega buster and LP gain. That would have been so good. Yeah, buster plus mystery card would work too. Anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just had like a couple ideas in my head, like, oh, this is this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. I bet they like this. So, you know, uh, there's one that's my least favorite, but I bet you can't guess it. You know, it's 20 percent shady. You can't guess, so you know. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the, the the meme comp demon one you have in the middle there with the health and Terracosa, especially with certain heroes enabling it. Is Volgen. actually disgusting. Yeah, but it's like Volgen, you see those the three tribe. You see beast plus demon plus or plus dragons in. You go. I really like to make this happen. Is it yeah. good? No, on average, not really. It's more of a meme comp. But man, if I could have thousand hit point dragons, that'd be great. You you have to have murlocs out, and even then, like beasts. If you want it to really work well, you need beasts in for the macaw synergy. So. Mm -hmm. 
Like you can try doing it without Macab, but it's a lot harder because you you have to like buff it yourself, which is like you with Vol'jin, it's just hilarious. Yeah, with Vol'jin, move the stacks back oh, on, your, or, so... on the, the dragon or the demons. Oh, dude, I lost the game to like, that. Oh, cool, oh, dude. I I put him to like single digit HP, and I didn't think about the ramifications of not killing him. I didn't think about it, so it was like top two, and he had like thirty thousand HP. I was like. I messed up. <laughs> yeah, <ended> <laughs> I messed up right there. That was not. That was not right. You know, I forgot about it. I I should have picked up like so many. I should have like swapped my comp to to uh, to Murloc. As soon as I fought him, I was like, oh, you know, he, he had like a casual like forty HP minion. I was like, oh, it's fine. I can scale past him. <laughs> And then yeah, I, I got wrecked. So yeah, not. It was cool though, you know. Now next time I'll figure it out not to let them live. So but yeah. Um, any 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 cool uh, combos you have, Shady? Anything you like interesting? Yeah. So bit of a meme, but I actually don't hate playing with Tony. Um, I haven't really been making Golden Hogger as often, but really? Golden Eliza and even Golden Nosy Looter. Uh, mm -hmm. Man, that's that's not a joke. <laughs> Before you couldn't play Nosy Dooter, you would just die in the previous meta. But now it feels like sometimes you just go like, hmm, I guess it's Nosy. And if you're ahead enough of the curve, they can actually win you the game. Like I had an Omu game where I was just ahead of the curve, picked up a Tony and a Nosy, and then like a Void Lord to make it happen. Just drafted that specifically for that. And I was like, okay, I get a golden card every turn. And then next turn, I got like a golden result. I was like, all right, let's have that on the board that goes with the Void Lord. So there's some cool stuff you can do with that. Um, and, and then for MMR, it's the one I mentioned, right? Gem Splitter, Deflecto, Shaker. That's, that's the nuts for me right now. Makes sense. One I'd like to add in there is obviously these are like, the combinations we have here are almost like direction-giving combinations of units where you're like, okay, cool, double Holy Mackerel, we're going to do that. Oh, we got Gym Splitter plus Master Realities plus Elementals and, and Gym Generation or whatever, and you're like, okay, we can do that. One of them that I found a lot of success recently with is Peggy plus anything that's another pirate in the mid-game while trying to pull for, like, Menagerie lines. I know Menagerie is not considered as good in this meta, but just being able to put Peggy on the board while you're trying to pivot toward three or four tribes means that you're effectively scaling off of a, a unit that that pirate, other than Peggy, is going to be your long-term value. And you just get easy, free stats over and over and over again. I had a game last night that I thought I was in like a Peggy comp. I got a hold of a golden Peggy and one other pirate. It doesn't matter what pirate. And I ended up just ending or ending the game with golden Tarek Gosa and promo drakes and shit. And my board was just this mismatch of bullshit, but it was generating something like 40-40 stats a turn just passively as I played the game. And it was like, okay, well, it's not going to win the lobby, but it's an easy second place. And those kind of generations and those t type of interactions, like Peggy is a very healthy card for this game. It fits in lots of scenarios. It forces you to choose to buy things, which is, is not bad for the game. And even if you don't get into like a, co a cohesive final strategy, you can remain competitive for a while. It's kind of like, you know, making something out of nothing type of boards. I really like that interaction. It's really good with gold, double golden hogger as well. Just gonna throw that oh, in. yeah, it's quite good there. <laughs> okay, cool. so quite good. 
Yeah, I love it. It's a, it's a much lower roll version of like a cool interaction that exists, but <laughs> you don't always get in a high roll board, right? Making use of those those broken board states can sometimes be fun. Yeah, pretty cool. It is uh, cool to be able to play AP Empires again. You know, like yeah, before, yeah, right. Really, you would uh, just die right before, but now it's it's playable again. It's good. I've I've been playing it, and that's that's a like what? That's <laughs> Yeah, the two plus hogger line has won me quite a few games where you're just like acolytes, put them on the board, we're going AP and pirates next turn. As long as we don't just shit the bed on this combat, we get a golden hogger and now it's a it's go condition right there. Yeah. I've been having lag issues, you know, uh, with like specifically like elemental uh, APM. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Where, okay. It's For it's sure. like yeah. I, I close the game after every game. Every like every every round. Is it like the, the weird micro stutter that you get like on every yeah. attack yeah, animation I, yeah. or like even some of the buy animations? Yes. Like, is that one unplayable? Like it comes and goes in patches. Sometimes it's really bad and sometimes it's not as bad. Right now I, it seems really bad. I normally don't have lag, like big lag problems, but damn, it was like unplayable. I was like, is this what Shady's dealing with? Because damn, that's like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, every, every time I complain about lag, I look at uh, Jeef and what he used to run as like when he was rank one North America and his, he was basically playing on a toaster and like his game would run at like 20 FPS and he's just destroying lobbies and you're like, well, what do I have to complain about? That guy is literally running at 20 FPS and beating the shit out of us. You, you can even, to a lesser extent, if you see XQM playing on Americas, you can just watch him struggle, like, like physically, like, clicking the cards. Like, mm -hmm. come here, yeah. play it, you're playing. Right. When I used to stream mornings, I streamed entirely EU gameplay back about a year ago. And then I moved back to NA, and I was like, oh my god, it's fluid. I don't have yeah. to deal with this half a second lag every animation. Yeah, it's oh, that's miserable. Yeah, it's it's it can definitely be rough there, but you know, we we pull through it because that's what we do. We like that pain, you know, or, or something. Ooh, you got you got a good question in chat. Do you like the the dong APM pirate or like the pure APM pirate builds in this meta? In this meta, I know where this comes from, by the way. It's because we talked about it in my chat, but it's good. I'm interested in that too. I, yeah, I like those those discussions. Oftentimes, I I end up in the the Amalgadon lines because it really depends on what what tribes are against you, and especially in lobbies where you have things like uh, maybe know, I'm too lazy. You're just you can get online very quickly with like the brand Amalgadon, very yeah, cheap things, yeah, exactly. and then you just you turn the corner so fast. If you have five turns go for the big you know the super high roll but oftentimes you don't get all the tools right you have the hoggers but you didn't get a hold of the salties and other stuff you get the brand and you're like okay well we can take the exit ramp right here this oftentimes still gets first and we don't risk anything yeah i'm lazy. I, I i was gonna say i'm lazy i just want oh i got two hoggers got a peggy got a salties uh, I, I, I turned brain off in the sense I like it, it's actually brain on because I have to look at look at every single card and like you know buy you know da 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 oh the APM versus the other one right because you you can just be like pirate pirate pirate, pirate, pirate. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you know if I have to play a Mogum then I have to look for brand I have to look for the pieces da 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 I gotta wait for the right moment I hate making decisions uh, yeah uh, you know like come on you know we're trying I'm trying Trying to make the game as easy as possible. It's already complicated enough. You want me to think on top of it? Come on, you know, too much for me. But yeah, I mean, 
if you can get it, especially if, if you have a brand already, like just cause it works really well with the four, three, uh, then it's a lot easier to just be like, I already have the brand. Let's just put these amalgadons in and go from there. And you have infinite gold. So it's like <laughs> going to roll into amalgams at some point. And, and, and with the poison, uh, uh, like golden make make murlocs golden like it's very easy to like okay i'll buy that make golden amalgadon okay let it it's very easy to just like get two i mean uh, the dongs get monk most of the time right yeah two perfects for yeah. poisoning poisoning it is rough with the two sticks no i mean you you get the five five. Oh, you mean the chef right yeah oh, yeah no, to no, make no. it golden yeah. right good so thing you... when you you screw up your amalgadon you get to see 700 boards to repair it nope <laughs> <laughs> No toxins anymore does make it worse, but just gold the Malgadon. It's fine. Don't yeah, worry about it. We're yeah. moving forward. For sure. Dude, I, I've seen so many players like buy a Malgadon. I don't like it. Okay. Another Malgadon. I don't like it. Okay, another, like they just have like so much gold in this meta that you're just like buying a Malgadon, trying them out. Like, I don't know, like a sell it. Like you're <laughs> playing a elemental or pirates or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, I don't like this one. All right. As the golden one. All right. This one's okay. All right. Where's my neck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very different compared to like, okay, I have, I have one chance this is my one play. Let's play it. Oh, it, it didn't it didn't get poisoned, but it got shield. I guess it's okay. I can make it work. Nowadays, like, oh, it didn't get everything to sell. Let's <laughs> just go for a new one. So yeah, it's pretty different how the meta has changed and how like how valuable some minions have become. And and the Magdon's valuable, but it's like valuable in a way that you can just sell it if you don't want it, if you don't love it. We we lost faceless, but we got yeah. Hamul. And when you're on six, they kind of do the same type of stuff there, especially when you're talking about Amalgadons. You're getting access to a bunch of them. You're getting access to a lot of boards with the APM lines. That's where we kind of came from for the conversation. And uh, yeah, you can just shoot for Amalgadons. And when you miss, you miss. Who cares? Next one. Yeah. Eventually you'll hit. Yeah, I didn't like Hamul when it first came out. But now, you know, I was like, damn, it ruins my sixth pool. But now, now I'm like, yeah, Good yeah, <laughs> But Hogger can be in that Hamul. This is... This is the shit. Yeah, dude. Like, shit, man, I have a hogger on the board, and I get offered Eliza or Hamul. Most of the time, it's Hamul anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, elementals are the same way, right? You know, it's like, damn, there's there's just a lot of comes beast too. The spell, uh, yep. when you can just be like, yeah, this is better than any 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 six drop I could take here. Yeah, I'm a Nomi board, and I get offered a board full of elementals. Yes, thank you. I'll yeah, take that. That would yeah. be great. <laughs> I appreciate this turn, you know. <laughs> this is, this is nice. yeah, you have Golden Hogger. It's like, oh, the whole board costs what? Zero? Okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Sounds good Sounds to fine. me. Yeah. So pretty nice. And uh, anything else you got, Shitty? I, I I actually recently come to enjoy that, um, like, more vanilla pirate style more. But I think that's because there's just too much going on where... Like, I have so many rounds where I just have, like, two Hamuls in my hand, and I would never get around to playing them because <laughs> I've got too much gold. And I feel like if I don't have to use my brain, like you say, right, when it's just pirate, 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 then I feel like I'd be able to play those Hamuls a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to buy Baron, I'm going to buy Selfless, and the rest is pirates. Let's go. Yeah. And and that's probably, you know, if you get your Salty Looters and your Peggies, then I think that's probably preferable for like 99 plus percent of the player base because it's so much more straightforward than okay i gotta bank yeah. the module i gotta bang the dawn i yeah. gotta wait for a golden That's brand true. blah 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 because blah. sometimes you want to make your transition and you look at board you're like shit 
it's just a bunch of murlocs and like undivine shielded dogs and it's not actually good so. I, I was watching someone play like hogger double golden hogger scaling and someone in chat was like oh get the flat tusk and i was like flat tusk is negative scaling yeah i was like great blood gems free <laughs> awesome unfortunately it takes forever for the animations so it's just like kind of funny area oh yeah flat tusk is great no 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 it's, yeah, it's, it's the actually... same thing with the uh, apm elemental lines like flat tusk theoretically would should be so good there but it just ends up being so pat so bad so slow yeah it's it's a very sad thing when a theoretically good interaction is just trash because we have to watch the gem yeah come your hand and then the cards move around you're like i want to let me play my pirate no no a gem is going to land here in just a moment so like it's <laughs> and you can't do anything it's like back in the day with the arcane anomaly or whatever it's called the three three aoe buffer that took like a four second animation if you played it with bran it was like taking a, a bathroom break in the middle of your turn <laughs> oh yeah yeah it still is like that with the the reroll anomaly thing mm. where it's like oh, you have a golden brad just... watch that three times <laughs> it's just yeah. so bad Ooh, this is pretty Ooh, this is pretty <laughs> yeah it's pretty interesting and weird like i, I don't know animation like they they sometime i think last year right they they improved the animation speeds and stuff and now i'm like you know did you do that i would i would love another one <laughs> you know please <laughs> yeah so like, yeah it's really the mantra with apm pirates you know do 100 things well instead of 50 things perfectly it comes down to the same shit with the animations too like i want to cycle all these elementals but i get nearly infinite boards right now i'm not buying this one three because this takes twice as long to play as the other ones yeah, that's ridiculous like mil I'm really talking like we I, we on we've gone around the edge of like an APM elemental build quite a bit here, but like the the Gallywix versions or the Millhouse versions that mm -hmm. literally go infinite, infinite will yeah. go to like fifty plus boards. Reroll yeah, the just... recycling wraith is nuts. On it's so years. good, yeah. On Millhouse, just almost, generally, it's almost a win condition with Millhouse <laughs> and Gallywix, the two of them. They both do the same thing. They can buy an elemental for net one gold. So they get a free reroll off of it, and you just play domos, nomies, whatever it is around it, and you're just like, okay, cool. If I live two more turns, I win the lobby. Yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. I I had a game like that today. Where I was just like, damn, dude. I I messed up because I sold my nomi, and I was like, I turned in because I thought I needed it. And I was and I I did it. Well, I I mean, I kind of did, but I did it. And I was like, if I just played it an extra turn, I would have got like plus thirty thirty, and then then I win. It's like, okay, well that was. That's uh, yeah. I'm never doing that again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping my yeah, right. this time. <laughs> Zalorian in chat giving us flashbacks. Remember the original poison animation? Oh, every combat oh, with that yeah. long ass poison. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, That's dude, cool. dude, oh, that, God, was that was so awful. bad. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, oh dude, I hate it. Oh yeah, you. It was like a two second animation on every poison that hit another poison or anything. It was like, oh my God, I'm gonna take a just a an hour to get through this combat it, that was back in megasar day it's funny because you can create board states that like skip the whole shop phase like it's like yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely a problem we we have not talked about in any way but the fact that your animation speed and incentivizing skipping combat is a part around some of these builds is definitely something blizzard should be looking into that you know, Exodia Pirates was the, kind of the example from yeah, before yeah. where you can literally have a combat phase that lasts longer than your next buy phase, and then it just skips your turn. That kind of stuff's pretty unhealthy. 
it's a, a back burner problem, but it should probably be addressed eventually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. It, we'll not go down that rabbit hole. At some point, if if it takes too long, it cuts to the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you? Yeah, it needs to. There's yeah. other games that do that where they speed up the animations after a specific amount of time, so you only have 30 seconds for the fight, regardless of whatever it is. Something like that would be a pseudo solution. Can you imagine the pirates just whizzing through though if they sped up the animations? On the game? Dude, someone would someone would just set it up. Just add a cannon. We're like, just like fire to Skelly. Pops up, you lose. That would be sick. It'd also be like. Someone would like break that. Like they would just create them theoretically max number and just like have two of them on the board, you know, with your friend and just like hit for two and one every time like that. It's fun. Uh but yeah. Um think um that is the last topic there, so that shall be it for didn't that actually happen in standard at one point with like Shutterwalk animations? There's yes. a build that just yes. went through their entire buy phase, so it skipped their turn every time. Yes, and that that was fun. You know, that's like, funny. Broken, but funny. I don't know. Like it, it's it's a creative way to win. You know what I mean? Like Hearthstone's mm-hmm. giving you the tools, and you're like, I'm just gonna skip their turn. Like grief <laughs> 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 them to death. <laughs> actually funny but yeah but yeah that that is um our show for the day i think we covered all the topics uh and uh i did not put an end screen uh today but uh you know that's that's my bad but i got want to thank everybody for participating thank you shady for being here and thank you both for for joining us today i hope you enjoyed our conversation no problem thanks for having me appreciate the the opportunity yeah, make sure you give him a subscribe, a like. Um, we appreciate your feedbacks, comments, improvements, and suggestions. You can reach us at hsbgpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me and Shady, Educated Collins, and Shady Bunny on Twitch and Twitter. And where can we find you both for? I'm on Twitch, Twitter, and uh, YouTube, all under the same username, Bofer underscore HS. Yes. Thank oh, you guys for you, all the support. You reminded me you have a your dog is your uh your header. Profile. Your, yeah. What's yeah. what's the story? Everyone loves talking about their their pets, you know. You wanna well, share I mean, the name. I, I realize that I realize that the majority of people that pop into my stream slash YouTube are really just watching the dog cam the entire stream. That I'm just the, the pseudo entertainment dog. I know the, the life, corner. dude. But I know realistically the life. they're there for the dog. It's Preach. not about me at all. Preach, <laughs> dude! My balloon. It's all oh about my the dog, god! Hi, uh, flashbacks. Collins, Collins out that with a balloon for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's the entertainment. It's the true appeal of the channel. Yeah, look at that. People spamming the damn emote. <laughs> but it's great. Um, but yeah, that shall be it for us. Um,